Glad to have you here with us this morning. Didn't Master Sam do a great job of the reading? Yay. Put your hands together again for Sam. Miss Lucy did a fine job as well. That was terrific. You know, I love Christmas, but you know, it's inconvenient, uh, particularly if you're an adult. If you're working here uh, throughout these coming weeks, you know that there's a whole bunch of deadlines to finish before Christmas. I mean, don't get me wrong, I love Christmas, but it can be really inconvenient. And then there's the, the breakups. You have to catch up with people you haven't seen for 12 months, and you probably won't see for another 12 months, and you're probably glad sometimes that you won't, but there you go, you're catching up with them. Don't get me wrong, I love Christmas, but it can be just a little bit inconvenient. And then, of course, there's holidays. Isn't it amazing how holidays and Christmas coincide together? So you've got planning to do. Is anyone going away here this Christmas? You're heading off? Yeah, a lot of people say you're planning holidays as well. So there's lots of different things happening and it's busy. And then, of course, there's the inconvenience of shopping for presents, yeah? You know, I went shopping the other night and it lasted me, after 30 minutes, I had said, that is enough. Enough, enough, enough. I was with someone this week, I was talking with them just last week and I told them about my dilemma not even having started present shopping yet. And they looked at me and they have you met one of these, the gloaters, Yeah. They looked at you, they looked at me, and they went, ah, actually, I've done all my Christmas shopping. (laughs) You see, this person is an onliner, yeah? They said, actually, I've done all my shopping, it's actually coming to me, it's being delivered to my doorstep, you know? Don't you love those? Have you met a gloater, an online gloater? Yeah, yeah, there's one over there. You know what you secretly wish for those online gloaters? You wish maybe Australia Post would fail, or, or maybe they order the wrong size, and they can't exchange it before Christmas, you know? It's probably just someone else, but not me. But you know what? I love Christmas, but it can be awfully inconvenient at the same time. There just seems to be so many different things that are happening all the time, all around about, and we have to get them done just at the right time. In our family, when we're doing Christmas, uh, at the 1st of December, we cut a tree, not someone from a backyard or anything like that, a proper, proper Christmas tree, Christmas tree. And we decorated it and uh, we put little things out around the house. Like we've got, I brought some of them here this morning. They're on the piano there. There's a, a tin angel and there's a little nativity scene. In fact, I've been looking at one of the particular nativity scenes we have at home. Here it is. And uh, we just have these little figurines that you put out. You can see the angel there. It's got written joy on it. And, and I was looking a little bit closer at these figurines and uh, you notice that they're all really happy smiling people, like the shepherds, uh, the wise men there, they're smiling, they're happy. There's, there's Joseph, if you can't quite see him, he's got his hand out saying, it's okay Mary, peace, it will be safe. And there's Mary, she's really happy, she's given birth, and there's a little baby there, it's baby Jesus, he's not crying, he doesn't make any sound, because he's plastic, he can't. And I often think about this Christmas scene, you know, the first Christmas, was it really that safe, that peaceful, that secure, because some people looking at this particular nativity scene, they conclude, you know what, that seems so perfect, that seems so all together, that seems so peaceful, that the Christmas story must be up there completely with all of the other myths, legends and fairy tales. In fact, I remember, I know one man who said, I grew up my entire life believing that The Christmas story and little baby Jesus was right up there with Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. He said, I had no idea that this whole Christmas thing was grounded in history. In fact, the first people that actually rubbed shoulders with Jesus when he grew into a man, in fact, 
who knew Mary, the mother as well, in fact, people who knew friends of those people, they got to writing in the lifetime of all of these events and one of the persons by the name of Luke, he wrote these words. He said, Many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the word, so that you may know the certainty of the things that you have been taught. He said to me, Troy, I had no idea that these things were actually grounded in history. There's people who knew the people that this whole nativity was all on about. Luke goes on and he writes these words. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a, a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room for them available. Let's pause there for a moment. Because when I see and read about this first Christmas, the Nativity Christmas, it strikes me as anything but convenient. It strikes me as anything but safe. Caesar Augustus? had dominated the entire Roman world and brought peace. They called Caesar Augustus the true Lord and Saviour of the world. But he produced that. He created that environment through the tip of a sword, through the edge of tyranny and violence. He created his peace, his Roman peace. Then the census was taken. Now that's Roman code for tax. They didn't have the ATO that you could just lodge online and sort of send it off. They actually had to return to their place of origin, their, their house of ancestry. And so there it was, Joseph and Mary, they travelled 200 kilometres in Mary's third trimester in order to make it just in time for her to have a child. This census was anything but convenient. And then, of course, they landed in a little town called Bethlehem. We hear songs written about that. A little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. Sounds nice, doesn't it? But really where Bethlehem was, was right under the nose of one of the most tyrannical rulers around, Herod the Great. It was said, even Caesar quibbed of Herod, it's better to be his hoss than his huios. It's better to be his pig than his son. He treats animals better than what he does his family members. That's the kind of unsafe environment that this child was going to be born. And of course, when they arrived, there was no guest room. Maybe they arrived in the afternoon or the evening. But there was a barn, no not a barn, probably a cave at the back where the goats were kept, where Mary and Joseph could actually anchor down and find a safe shelter place amongst all of the smell to have a baby who was called a king, maybe even the son of God. And then where did she lay him after he was born? In an animal's food trough. The king, the son of God of all places in this space, in this time. If you're a would-be parent, this was the last Christmas story nativity that you would write. This is the furthest place that you would want your child to be raised. If you had to pick, if you had to choose, this was the most unsafest place, this was the least peaceful, this was the most violent place that you could imagine a child to be brought up and yet, here it was. If you have this picture in your head about the first nativity being so peaceful... It's far from the truth of the first Christmas story. So, last night, I got my figurines back out. Sorry, Bron. And I got a felt-tip pen. This is what I came up with. This is Joseph. He's exhausted. He's lying on his bed. There's Mary. She's got a frown on her face. 
because the feeding's not going that well. So she's lying back on the couch. And there's baby Jesus. He's amongst the goat or the sheep and all of those animals because it's smelly. In fact, I've got a close-up of Jesus himself. There he is. He's crying. He's bawling his eyes out. And on his T-shirt is written the word, Wah. Why? Because that was probably more like what the first real Christmas was like. Inconvenient, unsafe, the least place you'd want a child of yours to be raised. Some years afterward, a man by the name of Paul, whose life was radically transformed, he was opposed to Jesus and then came to discover that he was the Son of God, risen from the dead. He'd encountered the risen Jesus and reflecting upon these times, the first Christmas, he writes these words. But when the right time came, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under law, so that he might redeem those under the law, so that we might receive adoption as his very own children. Isn't that interesting? That the person who's reflecting upon these events said God wasn't too late. God wasn't too early. He was right on time. Amidst all of the pain and suffering, amidst all of the violence and inconvenience, amidst all of the noise and clamour, God just at the right time, sent his son. Why? So that he might buy back, so that he might retrieve, so that he might embrace and welcome back again that which he loves and values. People like you and I. Children. Children of a God who actually cares and loves and gives. Sometimes I invite people along to church and they say, Troy, if I walked into your building, the roof would cave in. I don't know how many times I've heard people say that. tells me two things. One, Firstly, they realise whether they believe there's a God or not, they realise that they've fallen short of their own standards. They've fallen short probably of other people's. They're not all squeaky clean. They need forgiving too. The second thing it tells me is that they see God as just being judge. He's out to get me. He's the guy with the thunderbolts in the sky. And he wants me at any chance when I walk into a building that might draw a little bit closer to him. That's his moment. (laughs) I believe God's a judge who'll call all people to account. But I also believe this, and this is the good news of the Christmas story. The good news of the Christmas story is simply this. That God doesn't want you to just know him as judge, a just right judge. He wants you to know him as a gracious, good, heavenly father. That if you'd simply reach out and believe that his son is who he says and claims to be, if you actually welcome him into your life, what will actually happen is a transformation. That you'll come to know the God of the universe, your maker, that he'll welcome you into his home as though you never left, dust you off, wipe you clean and welcome you as though you'd never departed in the first place. My friends, that is the good news of Christmas. You know, the older I get and I'm probably in the mid-flow of life, God willing, I recognise the older I get that the less I know about life. When I was younger, I knew everything. Do you notice that? When you're younger, you know everything. (laughs) When you're older, you realise the things, the many things that you don't know. But perhaps the things that you do know and that are clear for you and that anchor you become clearer more than ever. And this is what I conclude. That I don't believe that there is any person, there is any power, there is any possession, there is any position that someone can afford you in this life that will ultimately satisfy our hunger and desire for joy and for peace and for hope and for meaning apart from coming to know your creator who made you and shaped you who knows you inside out more than what you know yourself and at Christmas time he welcomes you with his open arms and says, come, come, 
I dare you to reach out and place your trust in my son, Jesus. He was sent for you. Come. I want to welcome you home. I believe that in every man, woman and child, there's a desire that we have intuitively somewhere within to want to find a place called home. It's like a longing to connect with a greater being that we don't even know ourselves but has revealed himself to us in this little baby, this little child born, laid in a manger and it's for you. I spoke to some people this year from New Community who've been rubbing shoulders with us who have said, Jesus, I'd like you to actually come into my life. And they would say this in their words, I discovered a peace that I didn't think I would experience. I discovered a clarity about life that just knew no bounds. And you know what? I've discovered that there's a hope which reaches beyond the hopelessness sometimes that I experience in my own life. So I tell you what, friends. If you're here this morning and your Christmas is looking inconvenient, if your Christmas is looking unsafe, uncertain, unpredictable, then welcome to Christmas. And the good news message of it is that in the midst of those uncertainties, there's a God who reveals himself and speaks and comes down to be among us, to know us, to kick open the gates of his heaven, to kick open the gates of his life and says, welcome, you can know me too. That's what I made you for. I tell you what, this Christmas, if you don't have anywhere to celebrate Christmas morning, join us. 45 minutes Christmas morning, Sunday at 10. Love to see you. In a few moments, we're going to celebrate outside with some food and activities. and It's going to be great. But don't miss the little story of Christmas and a little baby that can transform our lives in this world. There's a table out there. It's got booklets like this on, Jesus, religion or relationship. It's got the amazing story for kids that you can understand. What is the good news message? And there's some Bibles there that you can take with you. It's all free. But there's a sign there that's stuck and it's down on the table. And if you would like to discover in the new year, because it's busy right now, more about where Jesus fits in and what this Christianity is all about, then why don't you go and write down your details there. Love to give you a call in the new year and say, hey, we're having a group. It's a discussion group. And you can know more about Jesus that we talked about at Christmas time too. And you're welcome. So as you move past it today, why not? Go ahead and explore. And above all else, it's good to be together. And I really do hope, on behalf of New Community, that you have a peaceful and great Christmas. So happy Christmas.